Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to another episode of The New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to talk about predator hunting, specifically the tactics and what you need to do to get started in predator hunting. Now, when I say predator, I'm referring probably to coyotes first, and then foxes, and then bobcats, and then depending on where you are in the country, you may have some other uh, some other game in that same category, but the, the strategy is relatively similar to get started, and then there's some more nuance with it the further you get. Now, predator hunting is one of the, I think, the types of hunting that um, probably you've got a lot of existing hunters, people that have hunted other things for years, and they're trying something new, they're, they're moving into predator hunting, you've got deer hunters, maybe they've been hunting deer for 20 years, <laughs> And they've got the bug to, to try something new and, and they've heard a little bit about predator hunting and it's starting to pick up some steam with them. Um, same with maybe turkey hunters or you know something, whatever it might be. You've got existing hunters that are looking for something new, something exciting, and they're getting into predator hunting. Now with that said, uh, I know a lot of the people listening to this are probably going to be existing hunters, but... Predator hunting is a great place to start hunting because, to be honest, a lot of the skills that you develop over decades in other areas of hunting don't really apply as much in this area as probably anywhere else. Um, predator hunting is its own kind of thing. It's its own skill set. So for people who are brand new to hunting or thinking about hunting and, and you've got some you know, you've got some interest in predator hunting, people might tell you, oh, well, you need to start with this kind of hunting first. Nah, nah, just throw that away. If you're interested in this, then go full steam at it. Um, it is a great place to get started. 
And in some ways, there it's a lower bar to entry in terms of skills go. Maybe a little bit higher bar in terms of gear, but a little lower bar in terms of skill. So it's a great starting point um, because not having any experience will not hurt you as much here as it might somewhere else. So let's jump into it. Uh, predator hunting is its own kind of thing. When I talk about predator hunting, I'm going to talk exclusively about night hunting. There are some parts of the country where day hunting is, you know, makes sense, it's enjoyable, you've got the right habitat for it. In most places, especially in my state where I'm from, night hunting is by far, hands down, the much more effective uh, time and approach to do this. Um, your success rates hunting at night might be five times that of what they are hunting during the day. Like I said, some places out west, maybe day hunting makes a little more sense, but uh, everything that I talk about in regards to this subject is going to be about night hunting, which is one of the things that I think makes this kind of game extremely interesting because you're going to go out at night. Best time to go out is right after the sun goes down. As soon as you've got cover of darkness, so make your way to your spot and get set up. This is really appealing for people that work. Um, you know, you've you get out of work and you're like it's just getting dark and you're like I can't hunt anything. Nope, here you go. You've got something now. You can go out after work. You can go out on weekdays. It's something that you can fit into your schedule that's totally different than most other kinds of hunting, which are morning based. So if you work in the mornings, boom, you've got something. So you want to get to your spot. You're looking usually for a field. Ideally, you want to be able to see for at least 200 yards. Further is better. But, you know, start with about 200 yards. Um, and like I said, the bigger the better. 500 is better. 1,000 is amazing. Not too many places you're going to be able to get that. But you want to be able to see at least a couple hundred yards. And you want to make sure that you're very thoughtful about the wind. Uh, you do not want the wind blowing towards whatever direction that you want to be shooting. So you don't want to be blowing your scent in the direction that you're hoping these animals come from. Now, in truth, they could come from any side. So, um, you know, the wind matters, but... It, depending on where you are, it just may depend on you know where you set up and what your luck is. So what you're going to do is you want to arrive at your spot just as the sun's going. I mean, get in, in your car and pull in just as the sun's going down. As soon as you have cover of darkness, get out of your vehicle and make your way to, to your spot in the field. Now what you want to do is if you've got, I'm just going to use the example of say a 300 yard field. You can see 300 yards in any direction. You're going to come to the edge of that field. You're then going to go out into that field, probably um, 80 yards, 50, 60, 70, 80 yards, somewhere in there. And you're going to set up a call and a decoy. Uh, the call is going to be usually an uh, animal in distress. You're talking about rabbit. You're talking about um, fawn. Um, all these new modern calls, anyone you buy, even the cheap ones, and we're going to do an episode on gear down the road, so I'm not going to get into that here, but most of them have half dozen, dozen, ten dozen calls for wounded animals. So essentially you are mimicking the prey, prey in distress, of what the coyote, what the fox, what the bobcat might be going for. Uh, you know, rabbit works good, 
all kinds of things that work good depending on your area and how much it's been hunted. What works good is usually what other people aren't using um, if you're able to figure that out. So you want to set up your call. You want to set up your decoy. Decoy is basically a motorized thing that waves a little piece of fur in the air. Uh, just waves this little piece of fur around. And what that's going to do is create motion and give the animal something to look at. So they're going to hear the call. They're going to come in from wherever they're at outside of the field and then they're going to see that movement they're going to see that little bit of fur moving and they're going to come in to, to check it out and to get a taste of it so what you're going to do is set up your decoy you're going to set up your call then you're going to back off that thing 50 60 yards uh, you want to use your topography but that's sort of an advanced skill you don't necessarily uh, need to be able to see the decoy clearly from where you're at. You just need to be able to see if anything's coming towards the decoy. So you're going to back up, and this is critical. You want to stand in the middle of the open. People talk about, well, you got to find a good tree, and you got to put up a blind, and all this. No. You stand right in the middle of the open, maybe 50 yards back from your decoy and your call, and you set up, ideally, you've got like a little bipod or a monopod, some kind of a shooting stick for your gun. And then you've got somebody with the flashlight. You got a big, bright LED flashlight that's red. Red LEDs. Why? Because predators don't see the color red, or at least they don't see it uh, the same way that they see other colors. You shine a white light at a predator. They're going to jump, run, and get out of there. You shine a red light at them, it's like nothing happened. So you want to back up. You want to have a high-powered, long-range red LED flashlight. Again, we'll do a gear episode in the future, give you guys some specific ones that you could look at. Uh, but you want this thing to be able to shine the length of the field, ideally. So you want it to be able to have at least two, three, four, five hundred yards of throw. So what you're going to do is you're going to sit back, you're going to set your decoy, set your call, back up 50 yards, sit down for 15 minutes just to let the wood settle, to let any sound that you made you know, dissipate and anything that's ears were perked up, let them calm down, and then start the call. And you're going to call for uh, on and off. I re Don't run it for a half hour straight. You're going to call on and off for a couple minutes at a time, and you're going to do a set of about a half hour, 45 minutes tops and then what you're gonna do is while you're calling and the whole time even when you're not calling you're just gonna back and forth from left to right cover the entire range of that field everything that you can see in every direction you're just gonna go back and forth with that flashlight just left to right right to left just scan that entire field with that big bright red flashlight until you see those two beady little red eyes because they're going to glow with the light of that red flashlight. And as soon as you see those eyes, you're going to fix that light on your target. You never move it off of that those glowing eyes, ever. Here's the reason. When you're standing in the open, an animal's vision and a human's vision stops at the point of light. So as you want to always make sure that you're behind that flashlight and that and on the plane of vision, the shooter's behind that flashlight because they will not be able to see past the flashlight. 
they're effectively completely blinded. We had a, a demonstration where the, the person was in the room, in this stage, in this room, presenting on this subject. They turned off all the lights. Well, they turned off half of the lights and they pulled out their flashlight and they started going back and forth across the room. And they'd fix on a person. They'd say, turn off all the lights. And they'd turn off all the lights and you could see nothing past that little glowing ball in their hand that was the flashlight. You could see to the left, you could see to the right. With half the lights on, you could see uh, to the right, to the left, the chairs in front of you, the ceiling, all the stuff in the room, but you could see nothing past that flashlight. Uh, So the person behind it is effectively invisible. The moment you take the flashlight off of the target, they can see you clear as day and you're busted. So, you know, camo is not even all that important here. Um, you know, if you've got all camo, wear camo. If you don't have camo, just wear black. You know, you don't need to worry about it that much. You don't have to. It's not like deer hunting or turkey hunting where you need to really think about, you know, what are you wearing, what color, what showing, what shades, on and on and on. Just wear camo or wear black. The details are not a big deal because that's really only helping you if they come at the side or they see you from behind or or you're trying to avoid being detected walking to your spot. But once you engage in your set, um, what you're wearing is not so big of a deal. Because like I said, as soon as you, you, you hit that animal with that light, and the whole idea here is you want to make sure that you hit that animal with the light before they see you. So this is why it's important to have the decoy. Because they're going to come to the edge of the field, they're going to look, and they're going to see where's this sound coming from. If there's no decoy, they're going to look for what's out there, what's moving, and they're going to see you, probably before you see them. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But if you've got a decoy, that they're going to look at the decoy. They're going to focus on the decoy. And while their attention is on this wiggling puff of fur, because the fur is going to be where the sound's coming from. So they're going to look to where's the sound coming from. They're going to see the fur. This is going to give you the time and the opportunity to spot them with your spotlight and fix that red light right on them and keep it there. And then they're going to come in because they want to find and eat whatever this thing is. So as they're coming in, you want to wait until they get to uh, a shooting distance that you're comfortable and practice with and then take the shot. Uh, that's It's... It can be as simple as that. Uh, sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll run and then they'll stop. And then maybe they'll walk a little bit and then they'll run. And then it may it's most likely not just going to be a just sprint from the edge of the woods to the decoy. Uh, foxes more often actually will elicit that behavior. They're, they tend to be a little more reckless than, than a coyote or a bobcat. But a uh, coyote is going to, you know... They're going to do what they're going to do. Even if they're cavalier about it, they may trot a little bit, stop, trot a little bit. And I would say recommend you want to be practiced and able to take a shot at 200 yards. 
Um, that's a, that's a good long range, but not too far. A uh, hundred yards is probably the closest you want to let that animal get, because the closer they get, the more likely they're going to see, hear, smell you. Um, now, if they're totally into it and they're just completely focused on the target or on the 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 decoy. You could let them come right up to the decoy, but if they get right up to it, they're going to probably smell you on it, and that's going to freak them out. So you don't want to let them get right to the decoy. My recommendation is just one guy's got the flashlight, the other guy's got the rifle. You're going to have your rifle on them for as soon as you see them coming in, coming in, coming in. Before you even set up, you want to figure about what your distance markers are in that field. So you want to know once they reach this point, that is, you know, the distance that I'm comfortable with. That's 200 yards or 150 yards or 100 yards. And once they reach that point from any direction, you know, you sort of have this invisible circle drawn in your mind or, or using some landmarks that that's where I want to take the shot from. So you've got that in your head. You're looking at it. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Um, but it's not just as simple as... As soon as they cross that line, pull the trigger, you got to wait till you have a good shot. You know, you want to take them in the shoulder, just below the shoulder. You want to wait till you've got a good shot. They may pause a little bit outside of your ideal uh, um, shooting range. You're going to have to make that split second decision. They've stopped. I've got one second. They're not moving. Do I take the shot now or do I... Do I wait till they come in further and hope that they stop again or are moving slow enough to give me a good shot? So you got to weigh that out in your mind. That's that's what every shooter, uh, what you're comfortable with, what you're practiced with, how how you feel about the situation, you know, that's on you. But that's pretty much it. Now, what I recommend is once you take the shot, you know, if you're if you're using the right kind of ammo and the right kind of rifle, and again, we'll talk about that in a gear episode. That animal is going to drop or they're not going to run far. Chances are they will not clear the field. Most most often, they're done within 10 yards. Uh, you want to wait. Don't get up and run. Don't get up and move. Just wait. One, maybe you missed or maybe you just nicked them and they fell over and they may pop back up and start running. So you want to wait. Keep, the, keep your crosshairs on them just till you're absolutely sure. And number two, there could be more than one. In most of the country, as far as I'm aware, coyotes, there's no limit. You can shoot as many as you can every night of the day, every night of the year, 365 days a year, which is another reason why predator hunting can be a fabulous sport because it's year long, every night, no limits. You've got free reign. Uh, But wait, because there could be more than one coming in. Now, you might think, well, won't the shot scare them off? It might, but it might not. Uh, there's a lot of people that have gotten two and three coyotes on the same set. They've started calling. One came in. Sometimes they saw all of them come in. Sometimes they just saw one. Take that shot. Wait, keep calling for another couple minutes because there could be another one on the edge of the field. They do travel in packs. So I would always wait, give it a couple more minutes, maybe another 15 minutes of calling and of, you know, intermittent calling, wait till they come in or, you know, see if there's anything else that's going to come in before you just take a shot and, and wrap or before you get up and start moving. And then, you know, you're busted if there's anything watching you from the edge of the field. So, um, also 
a tactic could be, and this is getting a little bit advanced, once you take the shot, you could switch to a coyote pup in distress sound. And you might have a coyote parent try to rush in there to, to help them out because you've created a situation where they know there maybe there's danger. So you can go from one to the other. There's all kinds of different tactics there. And calling is its own episode. We may get to that later on in this season. But what I would encourage you guys to do, now there's a little bit of cost here. You could get a hand call, which are cheap, but I recommend an electric one just because... You know, it's it's so much easier and there's no way you can mess it up. Well, and there's no skill level issue that's going to mess it up. Um, but you need to have a rifle, which you probably have. We'll talk about which kind to get later. You're going to need a call, which are not that expensive. You're going to need a decoy, which is not that expensive. And you want something you can rest your gun on, which again is not that expensive. And we'll talk about those things down the road. So there are a few things that you need to buy or need to find or maybe borrow or find a hunting partner that's got some of them. Uh, what I've done with some of my friends is, you know, each of us has a couple pieces of the gear. None of us have all of them. And that way nobody has to buy everything. So, you know, I've got the big flashlight. Another one of my buddies has a good decoy. Uh, so we can go out and, you know, we don't have to buy everything ourselves because it's a team sport. You know, two or three guys is what you want to have out with you. So you can even split that cost of the gear between two or three guys. Makes it a lot easier to get into. But I would recommend think about it, look at it. This is a lot of fun. And after 45 minutes, if nothing happens, you get up and go to the next spot. You don't sit there all night. You don't sit there for four hours. If nothing happens, nothing's going to happen. You've called, and if they were going to come, they were going to come. You know, animals know that if there is a, a rabbit dying in the woods, it's not going to be dying for six hours. Something's going to take care of it. So if they don't come within half hour, 45 minutes, they're not coming or they're not close enough to hear you. So you pack up after 45 minutes, you move on to the next spot. You get there, set your stuff up, wait 15 minutes, start calling. Again, you got a half hour to 45 minutes. So it's an hour tops at each location. And I'd recommend have two, three, four places that, that, you know, lined up that you can go to. Plan it out in advance. You know, that is a great night. You've got three or four sets lined up and you just go out and just hit one after another. Uh, it keeps you moving, keeps you energized. It's exciting. For some reason, it's fun to be out at night. It's not that late. Uh, so great sport. We're going to talk more about it here. This is prime predator season uh, you know, in front of us, you got the middle of winter. It's prime because this is when their coats are the thickest. So you can take them in the middle of summer, no problem, but the coats are the thickest in the winter. So they've got the best pelts, the best coats, um, the best fur. And also if you get a little snow on the ground, that can really help you because you can see a lot better. You can see a lot clear, um, it'll weigh down plant life and vegetation and so on. So I'd encourage you guys, look into this, think about it, get out there, find somebody to go with you. This is a lot of fun. It's easy to do. You don't have to commit whole days to it. You don't have to take vacation time for it. You don't have to throw Saturdays at it. You can get off work on a Tuesday, meet one of your buddies, and go out and just hunt for a couple hours and have a great time. 
So I hope that's helpful for you guys. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com to see the show notes, get some more information, tips, more shows, things you guys can do. Appreciate you. Go ahead and subscribe to this show, however you like to listen. Uh, and I'd, I'd ask, leave us some feedback. Go ahead and leave us a comment. Leave us some questions. What would you like us to cover? Where would you like us to, to get more in depth on? Or what subjects would you like us to talk about in the future? You guys have yourself a good one. God bless and go get them. <laughs>